Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to OESA Automotive Insiders, the original Equipment Suppliers Association. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, producer and host. So happy to be here. And I have a very special guest today. We've been looking forward to meeting him for a long time. His name is Paul Caron. He spells his name K-A-R-O-N, if you're looking him up. He's an entrepreneur with 30 years of experience in manufacturing in Mexico as an owner and management executive in the maquila industry. Paul, welcome. I want you to tell us more about your background. What do you do? And we're going to be talking today about your work and founding the Entrada Group. So, Paul Carrot, welcome. How are you? Good, Bonnie. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Talk to me. Who are you? Who am I? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a 70-year-old man living in Austin, Texas. Uh, but I've been working in, I've been working in uh, Mexico the last 30 years and have worked with second and third-tier automotive companies in both setting up and operating, uh, running their operations in Mexico. And I've done that in several different locations, but most recently in the last 20 years in the state of uh, Zacatecas, which is in north central Mexico. Okay, and talk to me about founding the Entrada Group. We had one of your colleagues from Entrada, Raul, a couple of months ago. I was so delighted to speak with him. And Paul, we learned so much about the Entrada Group and the great work you're doing in Mexico and the free trade agreement. We had a good conversation. So we'd love to know, why did you found it? When did you found it? What was the purpose? Well, I've been been doing this a, a, a long time. But Entrada, we found in 2002, um, I had decided that uh, I would leave another company that I was with, and I spent the next uh, 8 to 12 months driving around Mexico, thinking about what would be an excellent location uh, for a cost-competitive situation for U.S. uh, suppliers, primarily automotive, but others as well. And uh, as a result of that, that, that journey, uh, we ended up, as I say, in the state of Zacatecas, which is a relatively small state, but, but not far from the U.S.-Mexican border. Thank you very much. Good to know. It's Raul Cabada. I believe I have his name right. That's right. And Raul is our director of operations. He, he was wonderful information he shared with us, and that's why we've especially been looking forward to meeting you as well. We're going to call this episode of Automotive Insiders, Paul, we're going to call it Strategic Alliances, the Success of Second and Third Tier Automotive Suppliers Operating in Mexico's Small Cities with Entrada Group. So we're going to break this down into three topics, and our first topic is the advantage of operating in a small city in a small state. And I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce the name of the city and state, which you do so well because you're there. So, Paul, tell us about the advantages of operating in a small city in a small state, please. Well, I I think that um, the key uh, to smaller cities is what you would experience in the United States as well. 
you have a local community that's very committed to your success. And so whether it is the local government, whether it's the state government, whether it's the quasi-governmental agencies and, and the people themselves, uh, if, if we're successful, the creation of jobs, uh, in, in, particularly in countries like Mexico, are so critical, and particularly in smaller cities. Most of the activity in the maquila industry is in the big cities on the border, and uh, we've, we've gone a different, a, a different route than that. Tell me about that different route. How is it different? Well, as I just, I just commented to you, if you're in a larger city, uh, you're just one of a number of, of developers or manufacturers that uh, are trying to operate day to day and resolve problems that come up day to day, particularly in a, in a developing country. In a smaller city, uh, as I just commented, the fact that we are the, 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 the main game in town uh, allows us to work with the governmental authorities and the community in a way that expedites uh, what we do, expedites resolution of day-to-day issues, and makes things more efficient for our clients. Thank you very much. And efficiency is one of the key words of the day, isn't it, Paul? Especially sure. after the productivity, pandemic. It's all about productivity. And, and when we talk about our business model, it's also dedicated to the concept of productivity. But before we get there, what, what we did in our selection is that I had spent many years in the same industry, and it, it became clear to me that it's not only the cost of labor in Mexico that, that uh, manufacturers are searching, but there are a whole host of other costs that come along with doing business in a particular location. And so uh, when we get to the business model, you'll see that that adds to compounds the benefits of, of cost and effectiveness while you're operating in Mexico. Thank you. And I have a question for you. Companies all over the world right now, Paul, are talking about the need to be resilient, flexible, agile, the ability to pivot, look at what happened in 2020. We all know the global pandemic, supply chains were brought to a halt. Manufacturing of automotive in the U.S. stopped for, I don't know, weeks and weeks and months and months. And companies that survived had to be able to be digital, digitized. They had to be able to transform themselves, right? Pivot on a dime, if you will, do that that short turn with the the, uh, the car steering wheel to be right. able to. So how did that affect your clients? Were they, what were they doing? Well, it, that's an interesting question. We are not a, a partner in, in the sense that we participate in their profits and losses. Mm-hmm. We are, we are an, a lot, we are an ally. We're a strategic partner. What I can tell you, so, so whether they can uh, create sales uh, really is outside of our, our reach. But what was positive is, and I can give you one case uh, of, of, of a client, of all our clients, but in particular, one client comes to mind mm-hmm. that Mexico during the, 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 the COVID of, of last year, uh, they ended up with a, the concept of an essential and non-essential business. And so all over Mexico, manufacturers were, were working on, debating, 
trying to become classified as a, an essential business so that their manufacturing operation in Mexico would stay open because in the United States it had been closed down. So one of the benefits of, living, of being in a small state and a small town is we have direct relations with the governor of the state and the mayor of the city. And we were able with all of our clients to get them uh, designated essential businesses. And therefore, they all ran during COVID. There were some, there were some time periods where because of the, the, uh, the degree of COVID, where we had to send a certain number of people home for a period of time, mm -hmm. but all of the plants continued to run. So that would be a, a clear example of where our clients benefited from our location and their relationship with, with Intrana. Paul, that's a big plus sign. That's a big wow. That's a big amazement because so many companies couldn't. And by the way, I'm going to do my best to pronounce the city. It's Fresnillo Zacatecas. Did I do that Perfect. right? You got Thank it exactly you. right. Thank you very much. I got a little coaching from Tiana Ratiz, who's on no, the phone. No, 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 no problem. <laughs> Thank you very much. I wanted to honor where you are. So you mentioned business model. Let's talk about business models and what's required. You, you, I know that your companies you work with are designed as second and third tier automotive suppliers, but they're typically owner managed. So how does this deal with, they're in Mexico, U.S. contracts. What about collaboration cross-border, if I'm saying that right? Sure, Paul, give sure. us some insights, please. Yeah, I would say we, we've done business with, with many kinds of companies. But but I'd say the ones that are that are that are most interested in what we do tend to be owner operated because that owner uh, probably has 30, 50 years involved in that business and they feel directly the risk. They feel directly any ups or downs uh, in, in, in a you know, in a plant that's being set up in a separate, uh, in, a, in, a, in a different country, different language, different laws, different culture, different rules. So they have a, a very fundamental uh, choice to make. One is to go in like, like, a, like a, 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 the big guys, a tier one uh, or, or an OEM uh, who's got all the resources in the world, has international experience all over, and, and, and so they, the, 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 the big ones don't tend to value what to do. But the, the, the tier two, the tier three, and some smaller tier ones, that there really is an owner-operated business. They have uh, much more at stake um, in, in, in the success of that business. So what we found is that we, we tend to attract owner operators, uh, because we're owner operated. Uh, I am dedicated 100% to this business and I'm available 24 seven. And I am one of the partners of three who either make money or lose money. So we're, we are in the same shoes as, as our clients. If, if they grow and succeed, we grow and succeed. If they don't, it's a bad deal for both of us. So I think I think that's the foundation of of the trust and and the interest in the model that we that we provide. 
Thank you, Paul. Trust, collaboration, co-op, competition. Um, it's, it's all very important today. We talk about ecosystems. We talk about partners in, in the business parlance sure. these days. And you need to have the right people, the right companies, the right mindsets working with you. And obviously, Entrada Group provides that collaboration to your clients, which is a great thing. Paul, we love case studies. And in the notes you sent me before we started recording this episode of Automotive Insiders, you said you have two success stories of Entrada clients that you'd like to share with us. So let's look at the first one, the U.S. company, Telemon Industrial Solutions. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, sure. So I chose two success stories for this particular conversation. One is out of the United States and one is out of Canada. They're both automotive suppliers, and they've both been automotive suppliers for many years. I chose Telemon as, as the U.S. Uh, supplier uh, because I, it, it's interesting to see what, 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 what the effect of Mexico can be for them. Mm-hmm. Most people think of Mexico as, as low-cost labor. And clearly, the labor is less expensive in Mexico than it is in the United States. Uh, we, could, we, could, we could divert our conversation to, to NAFTA and, and the new NAFTA. Uh, but the bottom line is there's a strategic alliance between the United States and Mexico and Canada, the United States and Mexico. And so Mexico fits into this strategic alliance. Clearly, it has abundant labor generally speaking, that is not available in the United States uh, nor Canada. And we've, and we've seen particularly with COVID and after COVID that a lot of our clients are struggling finding labor in the United States. Mm-hmm. Telemon, uh, what Telemon represents to me and what their success represents is that about 10 years ago, they made a small company out of Indiana. They made a long-term commitment to go to Mexico with Entrada. And when they came to Mexico, they started with 25 people. And they came to Mexico because they saw the writing on the wall that their their customers were looking for either lower cost or for them to be closer to wherever the final product was going to be delivered. Fresnillo Zacatecas is a very good location as it relates to other major cities in Mexico, which is one of the reasons we chose it. As I mentioned before, there's low cost labor. Uh, the cost of living is less. Uh, and then you, you add our model to it. It was, it was attractive to, to them. But the interesting part of the success is they came to Mexico, started with 25 people. But over time, as, as their Mexico operation matured, they were in place to go after other opportunities that they could not have gone after if they had just stayed in Indiana. Why? Because there is a lot of activity in Mexico uh, by manufacturers, foreign manufacturers operating in Mexico. And in the case of Telemann, there was a very famous uh, case of Takata, and they had a bunch of recalls on, on their product. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, uh, Telemann was well positioned 
to, to be one of the suppliers that was chosen to go in and, 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 and audit and, and qualify and re, re, redo uh, a, a lot of that work. That led to other relationships coming out of that. And without going into all the details of those relationships, it allowed them to focus on growth rather than the, the ins and outs of operating in Mexico. And today that 25 operation man operations, about a thousand people. Wow. 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 That's a success story. Thank you. That is Thank a you. major success story. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's been great for their clients, mm-hmm. for them, and, and obviously for us as well. It must be a, a source of pride for you, Paul Karen, to it is. be, it, be it, able it, to it, work with you. Yeah, go the, ahead. The, the, pride, the pride particularly, it, beyond uh, knowing the, 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 the owners and managers of Telemont, it's, it's what it does for the local community in Mexico. Because again, these local communities that are not as large and well-known as Monterey, Juarez, Tijuana, uh, I can name you another, Guadalajara, I can name you a number of them. These are, these are communities that have the same spirit, the same kind of people, but they haven't been presented the opportunities because the infrastructure isn't as easy. It's not in place in the same way it is in the big cities. So for an Entrada to be able to come in, put up the infrastructure that's required, which in, in this case includes a manufacturing campus, the building of the buildings, together with the services that we provide, there's very few people who do, do that or are willing to do that in smaller cities in Mexico. So the pride is really creating the jobs in Fresnillo, and, and that I'm very happy about and very proud about. And rightfully so. And these are great case studies. And I understand we have one more, Paul. Let me look at my notes here. This is a Canadian company, Pacific Insight. Tell us about this, please. Sure. And I, I, I put in a Canadian company just, mm-hmm. just, just to broaden it out. I could have used other, other American companies. And we actually have a couple European clients as well. But I thought, again, North America, I'd, I'd take a Canadian example. This company uh, started out. It privately held, owner-managed, out of British Columbia. And they were doing wire harness, uh, interior lighting in particular, for heavy trucks. And the owner of that company I met, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe almost 20 years ago. And he wanted to to get his feet wet in Mexico, but he wasn't confident uh, about what would happen to his operation in Mexico? And he certainly didn't want to find himself in a position where he would, would, would take an unsustainable loss. So he wanted to stay, start very small, uh, pretty much the same story as Telemann. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started together, again, about 20 people. And, and over time, as, as, as he saw that things were working, he brought down more and deeper processes, uh, more complicated, more complex processes, until finally he got he brought down his SMT lines, which are certain surface mount technology, which the kind of electronic industry uh, is based on. He finally brought that down, and what that did 
is that moved him out of the the kind of the smaller heavy truck industry into the vehicle, the passenger vehicle industry. Ford Motor Company became his client, became his biggest client. And this gentleman actually sold out to a, a, a larger company a couple of years ago. But when he sold out, he was at about 900 employees. And so together with their technology, their know-how, our Mexico uh, knowledge, our Mexico, uh, the part, our part of the, 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 the bargain of the collaboration, they're able to grow. And I think that's the principal message that, that I want to make today. It, it is reducing the costs is the beginning. But then that is being in Mexico allows them to quote on different projects that they could not, they could not quote on if they were not in Mexico. And the more confidence they get in Mexico, the more processes they bring, the more they can focus on growth and less about the kinds of things they look for us to do, which could be as simple as payroll to recruitment to a whole, a whole slew of things that we do as, as part of our job in, in this collaboration. Thank you, Paul. Interesting. And the collaboration with Intrada Group obviously is the key to this growth, the success, getting jobs, keeping companies afloat, helping them survive and thrive. You, how do you go from 25 people to 900 people? That's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of brain power. It's a lot of mindset. It's a lot of resiliency and it's a lot of vision and support, right? I, I think yeah, I kind and of. I, and I wanted to just uh, one more comment. Yeah, you please. Early on, is that this is all done on a contractual basis? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there. We are not. We are not partners in the profit and loss of either one of the businesses, but we understand the division of labor. We understand what it is that we need to do. What it is for them to be successful. They maintain uh, control of the actual production itself. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. They are, they, they, they control that and we support that production in all of the, the, the different business functions that, that anybody would have if you had a good sized business from HR to uh, trade and compliance to, to payroll. But ours gets bigger because we've got the campus, we're doing the buildings, we're doing the real estate, we're doing the promotion with the states, the governments. So because of our size and our structure, um, we've, we've been brought in in a much bigger role than, than just uh, what I would call an entry, an entry to Mexico uh, uh, supplier. Paul, how big is Intrada Group? We've been talking about growth. How big is the Intrada Group? Where did you start? Where are you today? Well, our, our, we, we employ... On behalf of our clients, approximately 5,000 people. We do this all in Fresno, Zacatecas, which is a mm-hmm. company about, excuse me, a, a, a city of about 200,000 people. Okay. And um, our own staff is approximately 150 people. Probably half of that are, are white collar office workers, mm-hmm. and the other half, are related to the construction, to janitorial, to maintenance, uh, to, to, to blue-collar activities. And as I say, I, for example, as, as we've grown with our clients, of course, my responsibilities have, have changed from where they started out. And 
I spend a lot of my time probably both in the political arena and in the uh, uh, basically the strategic development of, of the model with the clients. Paul, do you ever sleep? Um, you know, <laughs> once in a while I don't. But thank, thankfully, after 30 years in Mexico and seeing no matter what the issue, how, how serious the issue has been, we've worked our way through it and everybody's been better off. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I have a couple more questions because I know you're a busy person. I don't want to take up more of your time. But let's very briefly talk about the new free trade agreement governing North America and Mexico. What are the advantages? What's this going to do for automotive manufacturers? Paul? Well, I I have to tell you that as much as I'd like to tell you that I'm an expert uh, on the automotive provisions, I I wouldn't call myself an expert. What I I think about... uh, if I put the political process to one side, how we got there, um, I think basically as it relates to automotive, everybody understands that, um, that, that the key provision that everybody's trying to work around is, is the, uh, the value of the labor content in a, in a, given, in a given car. And um, the United States threw out a number of $16 an hour, uh, for certain, for a certain percentage of the uh, of, of the vehicle, and really, my understanding. Let me separate it. Day to day, it has had it had no impact on our tier two or tier three uh, suppliers. I am not I am not consulting with OEMs and and tier ones, so I, I cannot tell you firsthand what's really going on. But they are certainly running around. Uh, uh, politically uh, trying to figure out how to make this $16 uh, figure work, how it's going to work, how's it going to work for everybody. Um, but if you take that and move that to one side, I think the, the overall goal uh, has been to bring more suppliers to North America. So we, you're, you're seeing some suppliers coming from Asia, in particular China, you're seeing some coming from Europe because at the end of the day, they're going to have to have more regional content. And, and if they're not in the region, it's almost going to be impossible for them to meet that, that requirement. Thank you, Paul. And I have one question. And it's a very personal question. We didn't talk yeah. about it. And it's not in your notes. What's your relationship with cars? Do, do you, are, are you a car uh, aficionado? Do you, do you, I don't know what you drive where you are. You said you're in Texas, but is there a special car in your past, in your history that you want to share with us? A first car, perhaps? Well, I, 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 I have to confess, I am, not, I am not a big car enthusiast personally. Um, but probably the vehicle that has meant the most to me Mm -hmm. for the last 20 years is I have a a small pickup truck that is a, uh, it's a Tacoma Toyota. And uh, that is, that is my car. And I've been driving it for 20 years in, uh, in Texas in Austin, Texas. That's probably the best I could do for you. What color is, what color is the car, the truck? It's, it's silver. Okay. What else did you want to tell me? No, I was going to say, now we have staff people who are really 
my colleagues are really big time uh, car enthusiasts. One lives in Albuquerque and he is an enthusiast on the Bronco. He spends all his time on, on the Bronco. Thank you very much. I want to do, Paul, it's been been wonderful speaking with you. We appreciate your passion. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for explaining again to us when we met Raul Cabada. We we learned so much from him, but I've learned even more from you, and I know our Automotive Insiders audience for OESA will appreciate your comments. I want to do a shout-out to a special lady who is is joining us in the background. It's Diana Ratiz, who helped set this up. She's the Outreach Coordinator for Business Development at Entrada Group. Always does a wonderful job, Diana. Thank you. And I want to do a thank you also to Drew Rhodes and David Johnson at OESA for helping to set this up. So, Paul, any final words you want to say to our audience about the future of automotive? Anything big like that you want to talk about quickly? No, no. I think that we've covered the the, the areas that, that I know something about. And I want to thank Deanna as well. And, Bonnie, I want to thank you. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. And you. you're, you're, it sounds like you're the kind of person that we could talk for hours. You're, you're, very, you're very good at your job. Thank you. You're very kind. Well, I enjoy talking to smart people and people who are passionate about what they do, Paul. We, we don't need to read slides and read scripts. We want to get, talk to real people and find out what's really going on. And clearly you're committed, and, and I'm sure all of your clients and everybody in Entrada is very appreciative of your, your efforts and your smarts and your dedication. So I'm going to say thank you to Paul, Karen, and Entrada Group. It's been a real pleasure. Paul, don't go away. We're going to take some pictures. Thank you to okay. Matt, our engineer for Voice America. Thank you to everybody at OESA. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another very interesting episode of Automotive Insiders presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. Paul, wave goodbye. Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association.